Without further ado, I want to introduce Bruce and Teresa. Why don't you guys come up? These guys lead a partnering church in New Zealand. They serve on the NCMI Apostolic Team. They are friends of our community. They're friends of Mike and Deborah's. Mike and Deborah have had the privilege of ministering in their church. And it's a blessing to have them with us. We are honored to have them with us. And this is a couple that you can trust. So I just wanted to turn it over. And if you wanted to say something, you're welcome to. Morning, church. It's lovely to be here. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's uh, different being here without Mike and Deb, obviously, because we've never been here before, but uh, we've never been in Canada before, and we're loving it. We're loving it. It's so familiar. It feels like a little bit like New Zealand in a way. So um, Bruce and I, just to tell you a little bit about ourselves, we pastor a church in Hamilton, New Zealand, uh, which is just a little south of Auckland, for those of you who know a little bit about New Zealand. We're the other side of the world, obviously. Um, We've been uh, leading churches for over 30 years. We're parents of three and grandparents of nearly five grandsons, so... Um, we're excited to be here, so thank you. Very good. <laughs> it's lovely. There was such a polite clap. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> we went to a hockey game last night. There wasn't very much polite clapping going on there, but gee, it was fun. Thank you, Wes. And you're a good drummer. You are such hidden talent, my friend. You're a good man. We've enjoyed just spending time uh, getting to know the eldership team, and we've eaten too much food, but we've had a lot of fun and a lot of fellowship. Last weekend, we were down in Victoria with Mark and Jen, who obviously healed from here as well, and with the church there, and it was just a privilege. And, and look, I'm, I've been sitting in the front row, and tears coming down my eyes a little bit as we were just worshipping Jesus. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I just love the fact you can go to somewhere for the first time and you do feel like you're at home. You know, we met people down in Victoria we've never met before and just as we got into the conversation, you feel like, gosh, we've known each other for a while. And it's the same coming here. Uh, just thank you for the way that you've welcomed us into your lives and thank you for the opportunity to share today. It's a, it's a privilege. Who was our friend that shared about being a Christian for 40 years? Where are you? Thank you. It's, it's funny, isn't it? You know, um, it's why you got up to speak. I just had that thought, you know, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. You will mount up like wings, like eagles, like ca- Canadians know about eagles, true? It, it's, it's just, I get a sense that, you know, God's getting your attention for good things. And even there's been some significant change recently, and I don't know what that is. But it's funny, you know, when, um, I understand when an eagle is getting ready to fly, the mother picks all the fluff out of the nest. It gets prickly. And sometimes the nest can get prickly, you know. We're sitting on the nest and it gets prickly and we don't know why. So all of a sudden the comfort that we've had or the sense of peace that we've had gets disturbed. And um, it's not always the devil. And it's not always people. Sometimes it's the Spirit of God just saying, hey, can I get your attention? So that lead in, we're going to look at an Old Testament prophet by the name of Zechariah. You're familiar with that book? And if you turn to the fourth chapter of Zechariah, it's the second to last book in the, the Old Testament. And uh, this table's got the wobbles, so that's fun. It's a bit like me. <laughs> 
Um, it's the second to the last book in the Old Testament, and um, it, it's cool. So I think the last book for you Italians, that's Malache, is that right? <laughs> or oh, Malachi. <laughs> it's a dad joke, it's terrible. So let's pray. Father, we just want to be open to you. We want to thank you that we're your kids through Jesus. We thank you for this global village that we're a part of, this family that you so graciously call us into. We thank you, Father. We thank you for John 3.16 that tells us that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son so that who should ever believe in you and in Him would have everlasting life. We thank you for that. And we thank you for that life and what it means to belong in you. So Father, we just come. We want to open this word today in reverence and realize your Holy Spirit wants to come and speak to us through it. So we just pray. Let us have an ear to hear what your Spirit's wanted to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. You guys understand my accent all right? People tell me I have an accent, but actually I think you guys have got the accent. I've had mine all my life, you know. But... Verse 4, chapter 4 says, The angel who had been talking with me returned, and he woke me as though I'd been asleep. What do you see now? he asked. And I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it, and around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, what are these, my Lord? What do they mean? Don't you know? The angel asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It's not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way, It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's army has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin and to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. The seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. And then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And and what are these two olive branches that pour out golden oil through two gold tubes. Don't you know, he replied? No, my Lord. Then he said to me, they represent the two heavenly beings who stand in the courts of the Lord of all the earth. Amen. May God add his revelation to the reading of his word today. And, uh, you know, Zechariah, the name means the Lord remembers and this, is, this word has been stirred on my heart, I believe, uh, for our nation and yours, and nations like ours, where there's been a, a Christian heritage, but maybe over the course of time, we've even lost our way a little bit. We've lost our voice a bit. And I get a sense, you know, in our nation, our nation prides itself as being secular, 
agnostic at best, but pluralistic in its belief structure, accepting of everyone, intolerant of truth, particularly if it confronts what I might believe and think is right. Uh, Our nation prides itself on individualism, on lifestyle. It prides itself on a whole lot of things that actually it's my rights and who are you to tell me what to do, so get out of my face. That's Kiwis, I don't know. Can you relate to that as Canadians? Well, I just get a sense, and I've, like my friend over here, I've been a Christ follower for 40 years. I'm running out of excuses. I've been leading churches for 30 years, as Trees have mentioned, and I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of church life. But I want to tell you, I stand before you today and I've never been more passionate about God's church than I am today. And it's funny for me to say that because I'm probably by nature more of a reformer than I am a revivalist. What I mean by that, that little advert to get the clothing to the people down on the street that are sleeping outside, that's my bread and butter. Come on. But what does it profit a person if we give them a coat and they still forfeit their soul? There's a sense of actually, we're not just born for time, we're born for eternity. And and the value of who we are as the church is a lampstand in any given community. And um, you name it, at different times in the last 40 years, I've been engaged in different acts of service within the life of the community. But the love for this church has always been there, but the love for it today is as passionate as it possibly can be. And it's interesting, you know, yeah, we serve on the NCMI international team, but a friend of mine who leads a different team in New Zealand, I remember him saying to me once, you know, when, when, when you touch base with that apostolic culture, that sense of the bigger picture of what God's doing globally through the church, when you touch what he's doing, your love for the church grows. That's my testimony. As I've rubbed shoulders with people that have a heart and a passion for the local church and see the value of it, I want to tell you, my heart and passion for it is growing and growing and growing. This is what I'll probably do to the day I die. I love being here. I love worshipping Jesus with you. I love lifting him up, but I love the fact that you are the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour in this community and beyond. That's blooming awesome. I'm going to nick it. Our mandate, a gathering, healing, training, sending church. Awesome to know Jesus and to make him known. That's beautiful. But living it becomes the challenge. And it's awesome. And we're called into that. It's so awesome. And you know, the Lord remembers. And Zechariah, that name means the Lord remembers. He remembers why you were planted. In fact, he knows why you're here. He knows why actually the Holy Spirit's wanting to get your attention this morning and get you excited again while you're gathered in this place. It's cool. In the book of Zechariah, there's eight different visions throughout it. It's a, it's a book of Revelation. It's one of the minor prophets. And um, vision one to three is to do with Israel's return from exile. It's a sense that actually they're not where they should be. And for different reasons, they ended up either in captivity or lost because they lost God. It's not that God got lost. They just lost God. They lost their revelation of who God was. And for different reasons, they found themselves way, 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 way from where they should be. But the Spirit of God says, I remember you. (laughs) Isn't it cool? God remembers. It's it's a very cool thing. Um, Vision four to five is to do with leadership in a new season. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about new leadership in a new season. Leading in a new season, it's different. And we have to, you know, we have to read the moments. The sons of Issachar, they were able to discern the times in order to know what to do. Hey, 
We want that type of grace on us so we can read the moment. And I feel as a, as a church leader and as somebody that, that moves around different churches that actually the times are changing. Opportunities knocking. It's, it's quite exciting. Who's into Kanye West? Okay. Who's a dollar each way? Is he real or is he a fake? What's, what's happening here? It's amazing the Christian... Chatter, 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 chatter about Kanye West. Meanwhile, all his friends are coming to Jesus. I've, I've never met the guy. But something's happening in Hollywood. Hallelujah. Sorry, I got excited. You can too. Notify your faces. You're allowed to smile. God's at work. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and we need to see the Spirit of God do more and more and more. Justin Bieber, yay! Bring it on! You know, there was a dude by the name of Paul, actually Saul, and he was persecuting and killing the church. People chucked their clothes at his feet while they stoned, stoned, um, what's the dude's name? Stephen. Yeah, you're right, I'm a real Bible scholar. And then he had a muddy road experience. The Spirit of God came and knocked him off his donkey, knocked him off his hobby horse, kicked the rubbish out of him. He stood up a different man. And a good portion of the New Testament has been written by him. Who knows? We might be singing Kanye West, part of our worship. Get my groove on. It's not bad for a granddad. Vision six to eight, we better get, hmm. Okay, it's purif- purification and dealing with sin. Kanye West can't lead me in worship if God's not dealing with his sin, but he can if God is. Gosh, I loved your worship leading today. Beautiful. You've got a real anointing on your life. Yep, Camilla told me that in the car. Cheerleader, I told her to put her pom-poms away. But no, but you really do have a grace on your life, my friend. Is it JT? BJ, I've got to get it right. BJ, BJ, BJ. I have the gift of renaming everybody I meet. It's, a, it's, it's part of the Adam anointing. It's true, I dub the elephant. I dub the, you know. But BJ... But seriously, you've got a wonderful grace on your life. And um, again, the prophet Camilla said, you and your wife. (laughs) But it's beautiful. But you know, it's funny, as you were leading me in worship, I met who you were singing about in a special way. Thank you. And I love the way the team worked. And whereas I'm a drummer from way back, and I just loved your rhythm. God's building something here, and it's special, and it's unique, and God's fitting people together in, in some special ways. Isn't it good? Lord, we rejoice what you're doing. But this, this vision that God wants to show, he's, God remembers. Like, there's an intentionality about heaven that we don't always get. Is that true? Especially us Kiwis that are pretty sure be right. You know, the only thing we're really intentional about is trying to win, win the Rugby World Cup, and we even lost that. Everybody, we lost the cup. But isn't it awesome? We lost the cup and South Africa 
is rejoicing and claiming the victory as a move of God. I think it's awesome. We will get over it. We already have. We'll win it back next time. But isn't it awesome? God remembers. God remembers what it is that he wants South Africa to be and to shine. And in the midst of its pain and its division and its brokenness, God is gathering, healing, training, sending churches to be light in the darkness. And what's part of the voice of the church in South Africa at the moment? The black captain who led that team and is now travelling around the nation of South Africa holding up a gold cup. And the nation is saying, thank you, Jesus. Isn't that cool? I see God at work. I don't know about you, but I can. I even prophesied it. How do you like that? Not really prophesied it. I said to somebody on the day we lost to England, Andy, get over it. Where are you? <laughs> you know, on the day we lost to England in the Rugby World Cup, I, I, that morning of the, the terrible night before, I said to someone, you know what? I really want us to win, but I actually think it would be better for world rugby if we lost. And it would be really good for South Africa if they won. What a prophet. I know. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting carried away. Zechariah chapter 4, we're getting back into the verse. Verse 1 says, The angel of the Lord who talked with me returned and woken me as a man has awakened from his sleep. And he asked me, what do you see? Great question. Oceanside Church, what do you see happening in Nanaimo? What do, you ha- what do you see happening in Vancouver? What are you seeing happening in Canada? What, what are you seeing, Oceanside Church, happening in first world countries like ours? What, what are you seeing? It's interesting, eh? But let's deal with the sleepy thing first. There's different reasons why we can be asleep. <laughs> Apathy? Is anyone else guilty as... I, you know, Revelations 3.14 talks about the church of Laodicea. Oh my goodness, don't read that. If you don't want to be convicted, don't go there. (laughs) They had so much, but they lost their way in the midst of their so much and they lost their passion and they became indifferent. Even a little bit agnostic. Gosh, it sounds like home. So apathy can make us sleepy. (sighs) Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Yeah, I've heard that prophetic word before. Oh, yeah, I've read through that book before. Yeah, I can memorise that verse. Oh, man, I've heard the preacher say that before. Yeah, we prayed that prayer. Oh, yeah. What's that? Oh, Father, out in heaven, hallowed be your name. That doesn't happen to you, does it? The angel of the Lord is saying, hey, wake up. Whatever we're asleep from. Weariness. Galatians 6. Nine says, let's not become weary in doing good. Let's not become weary in doing good because in due time we will reap the harvest if we don't give up. But sometimes we do get weary. Have you noticed that? And I think there's a weariness more than an apathy actually that's come upon the church in countries like mine. The late mid to late 70s and then into the 80s, Elk Nation experienced a revival through its mainline churches. 
Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches, Anglican churches, Methodist churches, a whole lot of different mainline churches experience what we now term the charismatic renewal. And the charismatic renewal came through where actually what was very awesome was because all these churches, and most of them were very solidly Bible-based, but the Spirit of God came upon the reading of Scripture and brought revelation. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the old red redemption hymn book took on a whole lot of new meaning and such richness in the words. And people like David and Dale Garrett got wonderfully saved and started writing Scripture and song and gave birth to a lot of the type of singing that we have to do today. It's awesome. I got saved in that, not through the church, but I came into the church at that time and I didn't know anything different. Walked into a Baptist church and listened to a guy speak that I'd never met before and found myself on the floor wondering what it, who'd hit me and I was speaking in a funny language and I got found out afterwards it was speaking in tongues, weird as. Got up off the floor and thought, what was that? The Spirit of God it hit me. Now, what I realise now, a number of years later, that was, that was a move of God. That brought an awakening. That brought in a realignment. It brought, I think, churches and movements were birthed out of that in our nation and still operate today. But what happens when the oil runs out? We can become weary <laughs> in doing good. And seasons in God are seasons in God. We can't dance a a pretty tune and force God to do anything. But God does inhabit the praises of his people and God does honour faith and God does honour obedience. But God is God. And there are seasons. I sense a seasonal shift. I want to speak that to us as a church right now in Nanaimo in Oceanside and to us as a church in the West and in the first world countries, I believe the Lord is asking for our attention again, friends. He's saying, wake up. If it's apathy and indifference, just, whoa, okay. Lord, I'm sorry. If it's weariness, frustration, grief, disappointment. Weariness, frustration, grief, disappointment. Gosh, I've had to work all my way through that stuff and still are. Sometimes we don't even know what we're full of until we get bumped, eh? You been bumped lately? I have. I'm walking in it right now. What? You've been a Christian for 40 years? Yes. Because my God is still at work within me to will and to act according to his great purposes. And you know what? There are circumstances that happen in life and it's God's opportunity to bring about some trimming to my little wick so that I shine a little bit cleaner or some adjustments to my attitude so I actually live a little bit cleaner or some refining to the way that I look or think or speak so that actually what I say is measured more by grace than by volume. Do you understand that? I'm still a work in progress. I planted two churches, transitioned one (laughs) and served on another man's team. I've planted programs that have gone nationwide, I've gone done all sorts of things, but I'm still a work in progress. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on me. See, the Lord remembers. But God knows if we're frustrated or with grief, if you lost things, lost loved ones, lost hope. How do we process that? How do we live healed? (laughs) By abiding in him and allowing his word to abide in us. By being honest and being real. 
I just had, I was thinking in the front when we were singing to Jesus, surrendering to him, and there's been different times in my life we've marked moments together, me and Jesus. And it's very rarely in a crowd. Hey, it's on our own somewhere. Where you're letting him have it. You're getting real. And then you find you're overwhelmed and you've got to surrender. And those are defining moments. I just want to encourage you. God wants to meet us in defining moments, church. <sighs> Different dreams isn't why we're sleeping. Apathy, indifference, weariness, frustration, grief, disappointment. Sometimes we just have to call it for what it is. You know, 1 John 1 7 says, We walk in the light as he's in the light and we have fellowship together. You ever felt the nudge of the Spirit and, and the Lord says to you, okay, what's going on, Paul? And so you, you give a really nice answer. I'm picking on Paul because he's there. You give a really nice answer. And then the nudge of the Spirit, he says, come on, what's really going on? So then you might give another answer, but another Lord says, come on, let's get to the heart of the matter. What's really going on? And then you speak and you confess or you talk until all is told and all of a sudden grace is there. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? It's called intimacy. And actually, that's called worship. It's not just the hands in the air singing in a corporate place. God wants to have worship with us through our life. Romans 12, Message Bible. Take your everyday, ordinary, walking around, working, sleeping, eating lives and place it before God as an offering. That's worship. And sometimes my offering before God, I've got to say, God, I am frustrated. I'm struggling with grief. I am disappointed. But Lord, I want to fix my eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. Because of the joy that is set before me, I'm going to endure a bit of a cross. And it's awesome. You know, another reason why we can go to sleep, it's the Lord's doing. I remember being in a situation where actually it was like I was, I had a power tool. You know, you're just, you're on, you're in the rhythm and everything is just going awesome. And you, you just knew that you'd broke, there was a breakthrough moment and all of a sudden you're in the sweet spot and you're just going for it. And I remember one day just getting out of bed and all of a sudden it's like the power tool was turned off. I was going click, click, click and it, it just wouldn't work. And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, what's happened? What's happened? And he says, I've just lifted grace. And I said, well, give me more. And the Lord says, no, I want your attention. What do you have to do in those moments? Well, it's not business as usual. You stop. It's like crossing the road. Stop, look, and listen. <laughs> and the Lord wants to get our attention. I believe for us as a church, it's one of those moments. God put Adam to sleep. And, and he got an Eve. That's not bad, is it? Wes was sharing with me that you know, one day he walked in in a crowded room and all of a sudden his eyes were open. There was Bex. <laughs> Sorry, mate. But, but I think that's beautiful. And you see the two of them together and with their beautiful family, you realise, match made in heaven. He's hit the sweet spot. Worth waiting. Awesome, eh? But sometimes God puts us to sleep, and, but he doesn't want us to stay asleep forever. So why are they ever the reason? Apathy, weariness, the Lord's doing. Cool, we've been asleep. The angel's saying now, wakey, wakey. 
It's time to wake up. Waking up. And then the, the question is, what do you see? And I already mentioned, I think things have changed. We're at a new season. It's time to find our new normal. It is. It's time to find our new normal. Canada, New Zealand, the world is changing fast. And one of the ways it's changing, I, I mean, I, I, you don't have to travel very far to realise that we do live in a global village. We, we wear mostly the same clothes. We, we drive mostly the same cars. We listen mostly to the same music. <laughs> True. And quite often we're listening to the same news. How bad is that? But even though things may have changed, our method, message and mandate hasn't changed. You know, our great commandment, our great commission and our great apostolic overture remains the same. God's still calling us to himself, wanting to transform us into his likeness and then allow us to magnify who he is into our world. What a beautiful, beautiful job description that is. You ever wonder why you were born? We belong to that calling. Take Jesus in you and then let Jesus shine from you and show them to the world around you. Wow. Wow. Have you ever hang out, hung out with ambassadors? I have. <laughs> and what do they do? They represent their king or their country. They're passionate about it. We're ambassadors of our king. It's awesome. Cool. Romans 13.9, the Message Bible, it's probably going to come up on the screen. But listen to this. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse. Good point. Don't take someone's life. Really good point. Don't take what isn't yours. Great point. Don't always be wanting what you don't have. And any other don't you can think of finally ends up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and you doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. The dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity, that's a tough word for a Kiwi to get around, and indulgence and in sleeping around and in dissipation and in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed, get dressed, don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourself in Christ and be up and about. Good old Eugene Peterson, (laughs) layman's terms. But this is calling us up to wake up and to be alert to what Christ is doing. Three things Zechariah saw saw as he woke up and we're not gonna go much longer. A good reminder for us all, gold always speaks of purity, displaying his splendour. God's saying, wake up, church. Sometimes our weariness and our indifference is because there's too much mixture in our life. Yeah? I mean, who's discovered that these smartphones can make dummies 
out of most people? Or is it just me? <laughs> you know, you can access all sorts of stuff on that. Don't access the dumb stuff. Stating the obvious. But God's calling us to purity. And, and that's not, let's put our nose in the air and be better than everyone else. No, let's just better, be better than what we can be on our own strength. Let's be better than who we were yesterday. Let's be better by the end of the day. Let's get out of bed on purpose in the morning and fix our attention towards Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let's be dressed in him today. Let's be a personally prayed up self. Hello? You know, you do not what, you really don't know what your day is going to bring. It's going to be full of surprises. You might have your schedule, you might have all sorts of things planned, but there are divine appointments waiting for you at every point of the day if you're alert to it. It's exciting if you're looking for it. It's true. But we've got to get out of bed on purpose in the morning, dressed in him and say, okay, Lord, I know my life can be dull and boring, but yours isn't. <laughs> Show me what you're doing. And I want to join in. It's awesome. But for us to look to Jesus means we've got to look away from stuff that also can smudge our edges and dull our glow and shame us and cramp us and make us indifferent. Hello? It's true. Um, gold, purity, displaying is splendor. Not being the puritant, but being somebody that's in the refining process, open, humble, but alive to the things that God's doing. It's cool. Light, revelation. This is where we come in together, a gathering. You ever been in a really, really, really dark, dark, dark forest? Have you? Around Canada, you could probably do it all the time. You know, and then you open your little pen light or your headlight on your torch, and all of a sudden it just lights up the path in front of you. It's, a, it's, it's, it's cool. But if you add another light and 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 another light, you can turn a dark forest into a bright spot. It's true. Jesus, Ephesians 4, 16, New Living Translation. Oh, I love this. It says, he fits the whole body together perfectly. I like that. It takes the randomness out of it. He's saying, Paul be fitted to Kate. Kate and Paul be fitted to Andy and Camilla. Andy and Camilla be fitted to Wes and Beck. Be fitted together to Mike and Deb. Be fitted together, Oceanside Church. Come be fitted together. And then it says this. And then as each part does its own special work, sells cars, does commercial law, Brian, real estate photographs, as each part does its own special work out in the marketplace, but also in this place. It says as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. 
I love that thought because it's actually not just about me and my Jesus and what I'm doing with him. It's about us gathering on purpose in this place where we can worship him, sit under his word, but then we can go out from him and be a light in the darkness. Isn't that cool? Iron sharpening iron. It says as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. What I love about that is our lives can help someone else grow. And then it says the whole body is growing, healthy, full of love. Who do you know in Nanaimo that doesn't want to be a part of something that's healthy, growing, full of love? Healing, (laughs) it's awesome. It's getting it off there into here so that we can live out there. It's very cool. So a good reminder, three things he saw. Purity, light, olive tree, the anointing. Whatever God's asking us to do, he's expecting to do with us. He's wanting to remind us again of our reliance on him. So the Holy Spirit comes in. We're coming in to the end of this time. It's a good reminder. I love it. Verse six says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Holy Spirit wants to anoint us. But he doesn't, want us, he doesn't want to anoint us just to do our own thing. He wants to anoint us to do his thing. And it's waking up again, church, particularly in our nations, to the indifference that we can have to belonging together. And to the indifference that we can have about being fitted together. The indifference that we can have about finding our rhythm together as a lampstand and as a light in the darkness to the world around us that's desperately, desperately needing hope. And it says, verse 10, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Have you guys ever figured out how little, little by little is? How little, little by little is? Little by little by little by little by little. And all of a sudden you turn around and go, oh wow, we've come a long way, but it's little by little. We're going to talk with leaders tonight and those that volunteer. We're going to talk about the recovery of our daughter from a serious car accident where she was paralysed, where she was incredibly broken, but little by little by little by little by little by little by little, she's found her recovery and shine her light. Little by little. They say the difference between a big shot and a little shot is that a big shot is just a little shot that kept on firing. God's calling us to to stay faithful in the little things. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, but actually also who we are as a little thing can find our place alongside another little thing and another little thing and another little thing, and all of a sudden we realise, gosh, we're a big thing. You know, the church today isn't dying. is isn't. It might be struggling in our countries, but worldwide, the church is beginning to wake up and boom. Let's join that rhythm, eh? Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Verse 14, and this will be a wrap. Partnerships of priestly and governance anointings. I love this. You know, if the church is about eldership, deacons, and saints in partnership with apostolic teams, Here's my closing thought. Most of the saints 
aren't preaching on Sunday or leading a prayer meeting or going to other nations and talking about church leadership to other churches. Most of the saints are getting out of bed in the morning on purpose to go and be that bank teller, be that school teacher, be that nurse, be that doctor, be that lawyer, be that neurologist, be that person in the city that they've been created to be in and centred to be in and planted to be in to be the light of the world. And I want to tell you, there's some exciting days coming. I believe some of you guys who are kings in the marketplace. BJ, do you want to come up? Brings the team up. I'm going to hand back over to Paul, one of your pastors here. He can bring this into a wrap. But I believe we're coming into an exciting day where priests and kings, partnerships, defined partnerships, where actually we can discern together what are the gateways we can go together into in our communities and actually bring leadership where leadership is lacking and hope where hope is lacking and peace where peace is lacking. And we can say to our city, see your saviour comes. Exciting days. We're in a new season. This is a new moment. This isn't about being the church on a Sunday. This is about being the church. The planning of the Lord for a display of His splendour wherever we are. Um, These guys are going to lead us in worship. I'm going to hand back to Paul to lead us in response. It's been a privilege to stand before you. I feel the church in this nation and our nation, God's saying, wake up. It's a new day. Wake up. Get rid of the rubbish. Fix your eyes on him. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Paul. Good. Thank you, Bruce.